How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Well Daggum Podcast, where by the end of the show, we hope to have you saying, Well Daggum, I learned something today. Big shout out to everybody in the interwebs that's out there on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We thank you for your likes. We thank you for your comments. And if you're not doing that, step it up a little bit. And you can come out there and help us out by sharing with other folks so that their ear holes may be blessed by the smooth-sounding goodness of the Well Daggum world. I uh, think that's about all I need to cover. Uh, go check out On The List Entertainment or Productions. There's a ton of podcasts out there. They put out a playlist on Spotify every week of some of the top newest episodes from their group. Uh, I am a part of that. So go check it out, uh, On The List Entertainment. Uh, and It'll be linked in with the Facebooks and Twitters and all that stuff. Check out the link tree. You'll be able to find it all. I think that squares it away. And we can jump right into the awesomeness and the funness that is going to be this episode. Tonight on the episode, we have none other than a wonderful guest who is basically an old-time friend or an old-time acquaintance, however you want to put it, uh, new to the show and uh, hopefully not new to your ears. Uh, but we have our good friend, Bobby Paver. How you doing? Hi. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm doing good. I actually just during the intro, I noticed the, uh, I that can't be your belt, right? Yeah, that's my uh, WWE belt that I actually earned when I worked in an office uh, back before I came a stay at home dad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, it's just hard to picture you in an office now, like, and now, and that's the thing is like I can't imagine you having that on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, no, no I, yeah. I definitely could not wear it. That is definitely. <laughs> Not wearable. Um, it's a symbolic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. We, we had Nerf Wars in my old office. So Lovely. when we had lunch break, we would challenge each other to a Nerf off. And oh. we all had our own custom guns that we would paint and take care of. And we would go shoot uh, cups off of a table. And whoever won got to carry the belt. And we would uh, use one of those little print-offs for uh, uh, phrases and stuff and write yeah. some a new name for the person that won that week. Aren't office games kind of the best? Like... <laughs> That I, one was. <laughs> I remember I used to work at a church in Maysville a long time ago, and uh, we'll get into all of that. But uh, at tooth two thirty, which we called tooth hurty, right? Every day, we would I would throw Space Jam on my computer, the Space Jam song, of course, <laughs> and we would play. Uh, a game of like pig or horse or whatever we had time for, and I don't think anyone got like a trophy that cool, yeah. which is probably the reason I don't work there anymore. <laughs> like, there's no incentive. To, like, why am I here? <laughs> but um, I don't know. To answer your question, it's a little. I I feel good. It. I called you today, like, and you were like, "Yeah, you can come over now," <laughs> which was weird because I like usually when I say I'm coming over now people are like wait that, <laughs> you know? that I have a schedule I go by that's not yeah. gonna work and I'm like well I don't have a schedule <laughs> I I live by the seat of my pants I generally take what I can get when I can get it and uh I think that's cool for a podcaster like yeah I don't know yeah, that's the problem I get into is when I try to schedule things I'm mm. like can we do it right now? And they're like, right. no, I need two weeks advance. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, we're people. We're not <laughs> we're not billionaires out here running a company. We're just trying to talk to each other. Exactly. And you know what? If billionaires were tr stop trying to get to space so fast <laughs> and just, like, 
get on the podcast or, or just like talk to someone like we do, maybe. Yeah. Maybe the world would be a better place with less billionaires. Right. It just well, <laughs> if they could just remember they are people. You know? They're not. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is far past people. I don't think he'll die. Um, no, he, he's know. definitely Lex Luthor. He, like, I thought it was Elon oh, Musk. Oh, interesting. And See, he, then Lex Luthor is not... Okay, so Elon Musk is not Lex Luthor. That's a good point. But I think he's the closest thing we might have to Iron Man, which is the only reason that I still find myself rooting for him, <laughs> even though he's a psychopath, probably, you know? like. But... Uh, but yeah, Bobby, uh, <laughs> in that bit of an intro, Bobby, uh, Bobby, like I said, we've known each other from back in the day from Eastern Kentucky, or I guess Central Kentucky for him, more Eastern for me. Um, but through the whole church scheme of things, we've known each other through that. Scheme is a <laughs> good word for church. Interesting. Right? That's a free Freudian for you. Uh, but I, I actually followed Bobby on social media, and I, re- I was reaching out to him. Because uh, he's part of a band and he's doing some other uh, solo stuff that he's working on, and I and I've seen him posting things, and I love. He, he's a singer. He, he's a he's a writer and a singer. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are in that aspect, Bobby. Yeah, man. I I've been um, I've been in a band called Motherfolk One Word uh, for eight eight going on nine years or ish. You yeah. know. Uh, we literally started, um, we, me and Nathan Dickerson went to Kentucky Christian University, and this isn't really a podcast about that, but just to get it started, <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's not about KCU and it's not about mother folk really, but it's just two guys talking hopefully, but yeah, I think uh, it was cool, it, you know, we found each other and we weren't sure, you know, my whole life at that point, I wanted to be a pastor. Yeah. Um, and that was like, that. I mean, you knew me from Blast, like I wanted to do the preaching, I wanted to do the worship, I wanted to be the church's it boy, because, yeah. I mean, that's literally where I got my attention from, like, people put me on a stage and said, we don't care if you're talented, here you go, <laughs> and I was like, okay, and so here goes nothing, um, <laughs> which is a funny story about that kind of mentality, but I, uh, maybe we'll get to it later, I, yeah. but I met Nate. And uh, we just had some shared interests, and we were writing some of the... Like, I've written songs for the longest time, even before I played guitar, or could even put it really to music, but I guess that's poetry maybe. But <laughs> I remember just finding such a, a relaxing thing in it because I was going through a lot of doubt, and so was he, and we were writing about that. So we went to Nashville. We met up with this guy named Stephen Keach. He was just kind of getting started in a studio. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just cool because I think that... At the end of the day, that's why we need bands. That's why we need people to literally band together uh, in a liked or um, similar interest. And that's what Motherfolk was for me and still is uh, to this day. And you mentioned, like, the branching out and the side project is going to happen at some point, which is really cool. And yeah. I don't know when at all, but <laughs> I'm just – I'm literally in my basement or my little fort cave thing, and I, <laughs> I go down there every night and I – like you kind of have to walk away from a drink. I always feel like I have to walk away from music, and because it's like three a.m. and I'm just like hitting stuff frantically, and I'm like, <sighs> I like like the moment that I stop is like it's time to do tambourine. <laughs> no, <laughs> like you can't do it at three thirty in the morning when yeah. your wife is already mad at you. <laughs> so, so like yeah, music is for me. Music is a thing that continues to kind of just like save me and and I know that sounds like a weird the dumbest thing but it's just like 
It's true. It's like I've seen myself in a guitar before. I've seen like like you see yourself in a mirror or something or a kid learns their face, you know. It's like yeah. it's just kind of always the perspective or lens that I have had to see through in order to understand people and have yeah. people understand me. So that's a little bit yeah, <laughs> about I, me. I honestly feel that a lot myself. I grew up singing in church, but I grew up singing Southern gospel. And so yeah, man. my mom and dad, they were a part of quartets and uh, they, they sang all their life. And I knew their songs, whether I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. So I could, I could verbatim sing all of their songs, just playing with Legos. I would just be singing Southern yeah. gospel and I'm less, you know, little hill jack kid. And so Wait, I, how do you play with Lego or how did, Oh, okay. So you didn't play music. No, <laughs> no, Legos. no. You just played, you were playing with <laughs> Any, Legos. Anything I was, like, I was doing. Yeah, yeah. I was singing yeah. Southern gospel music. Yeah. I, I can't play uh, anything. I, you know, I've always tried piano and I've tried a little yeah. something here or there, but I've never stuck with it long enough to become an artist as far as instruments go. You know what I love about that though is so like there are people that can put it on paper mm-hmm. and like they approach music objectively, like music is an object, but I just don't know that that's the truth. And maybe I'm just speaking for me, but I think we're music is a thing to get lost in and experience. And so it's like, I don't know, man, like uh, pick a journey song and start like start talking about the lyrics and pretty soon you'll be like, like what? (laughs) Like, or like, I don't know, just any song. It's always from the perspective, subjective perspective of the writer or the artist. And it doesn't matter if you know how to do it outside of yourself, whether it's paper or guitar, it's like, it's inside. It's built in already. Everyone has like a, a literal, you know, tempo or rhythm in their chest, and yeah. their bre- breathing is the only thing we can control. <laughs> and uh, and some people's tempos are way too fast, like mine sometimes. <laughs> but some people's are, you know, it can slow down, and you can have control over that. So yeah. for my mental health and my um, just the way I like to operate in the world, it's just like that. Like I remember my papal would always like sing about everything <laughs> and it drove my dad crazy but he'd be fixing the car and he'd just be singing once was a boy and boy named bobby fixing a car and on the lobby and i i it's gibberish but like yeah. it, you know we were just playing up with your kids and like they knew intuitively how to do it and i was actually a little impressed and i'm a professional <laughs> yeah i grew up with that too my dad uh he constantly uh, where he, like he was a singer anyway, he was a, a baritone. Yeah, and um, I but, could, I almost can tell. <laughs> but he would sing about everything that was happening. Joshua Lee was silly as he could be. Everything that happened, Joshua Lee was silly. You know. So did you start thinking of like almost yourself as in like you were in songs yes. or something? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So I, I've caught myself in turn doing that with my kids a lot too. Of just yeah. you know, and they love it. You know, you anytime pass it down. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't sing now. I, like I said, I sung in church all the time before, and, and I tried join the, joining the worship team up here in the church I go to, and it just didn't pan out. I don't I don't try as hard as everybody else. Like, sure. growing up, I have a voice, and yeah. if, I, if I find that right song and I'm passionate about it, that voice comes out of nowhere. And it's just like, that's him? Like, where did that come from? Yeah. But, I don't practice hard enough to do all the other stuff. And yeah. then people and so are like, your voice might be a podcast, you know, like, <laughs> right. your voice might be a, a, just a talker. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's what it comes, which but is I, called staccato. <laughs> you know, like that's, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do, I do love the chill bumps 
from the right song. I do love uh, getting lost in a in a song. Uh, mm, yeah. I, I mean, you're looking at it from a whole other perspective. Of it's so much deeper for you, of course, because mm. it's your life. But I, when I hit yeah, that maybe. right song, like I, I know what you're talking about in a way that it just it overwhelms me. What's your and, favorite song? Like, what's what's one that does that for you? Like, it's it's hard to say the exact one. Bill Withers, okay, is like you know. I don't know how everybody else looks at him, but Bill Withers, man, all of his old songs. Gotcha. Were just, I'll I'll put him on, and the kids are just like, "Well, okay, Dad, what's this?" <laughs> like, can we listen to a Bluey album? I'm like, okay, maybe Bluey will work. But but Bill Withers, and and a lot of your all stuff, you know, I love uh, when you guys put out a new album and stuff. I listen to that a lot. But uh, oh, thanks, even like Tyler Childers, yeah, yeah, uh, from like the Louisa Paintsville area, yeah, another Kentucky fella. But I, I, there's just certain things about that. And people from Kentucky, I guess. I don't know if that's a big part of it. Maybe. But, but, but yeah, there's certain songs like that that just, they really speak to me. And I, I don't think I could really peg exactly one. Well, it's cool that you said that because I think, like, there is something to be said about, well, especially the South and, like, blues is, like, well, you know, some of Kentucky you can be as, like, rural or urban as you want to be. Yeah. But, um we're so close to like Appalachia and some of it is just Appalachia, you know? So yeah. it's like, there is this oppression that comes through and country and folk and blues of like this, um, maybe ostracized or I don't know, fancy words to say like, uh, <laughs> fucking, uh I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like people that have been on the outskirts and, and used by, capitalism and, yeah. and, and I don't know, I don't want to get political or anything. I'm oh, a musician. No. It's like, I feel you. Yeah. It's just, we, you know, racism is a, a huge problem here too, but then everyone, if you look at it, you know, everyone gets feel knows what it feels like to be, um, wrongly treated or, um, what's the word? Like just oppressed and oppressed way. or have injustice done to yeah. them. And so I think the thing that is so important is that yeah no song is going to cure that but it's important that we keep singing about it and maybe that's the role of the entertainer or the jester or the party clown whatever you want to call my industry you know it's like <laughs> we we get up there and we have the responsibility to say hey we are not okay as a people <laughs> you know yeah. as mankind we're really struggling <laughs> um and the last year has been such a great reminder just a lovely relief of a reminder <laughs> for that so yeah it's i think it's hit everybody uh, in a special way whether yeah, good or man. bad you know some mm -hmm. people have figured out how to handle it and i was not one of those i think i'm to the point now that i've got myself lined out <laughs> hopefully uh, there's me a too man yeah, yeah there was a lot of dark spots in there in the middle oh uh, <laughs> yeah you forget you lose focus of you know and you can go any direction you want to it's like marriage mental health uh for music, our whole year, I don't know if you remember, but, like, at the beginning of that year, we released Family Ghost, which was going to be our, well, is our th uh, third debut album, and, and it's the one that kind of got us to where we are now, if that makes sense, where we're, sorry, doing really well, but, yeah, there's just, um, there's just uh, a part of it that got the road got robbed away from us. And when you tear that away from people like me, yeah, oh, it's tough. But you know what? Like, what is the job of anyone in a tough situation? It's to alchemize that situation or take shit and literally turn it into gold. <laughs> and so what I got to do was work on my home podcast or podcast, home <laughs> studio. And I yeah. got to 
finally like self-produce, self-record, and and that means the song was no longer anybody else's but mine, which was lonely at times, but at other times just set me free to to figure out like what exactly um, do I want to do and and how exactly do I want to speak or sing, you know, yeah. it's like, and how do I want to throw my voice? You know, it's, yeah. you learn so much about yourself. I'm sure that you did in, in a different way, but yeah, it, it's been it, more for me. I guess it's not so much the voice, but in the words that are said, mm. uh, it's, for, how it, it's how it lands. Yeah. 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 Every, I still have things I battle <clears throat> with in myself. Mm. Uh, and like I was speaking to you before of the, even playing, or recording a podcast in stereo and, and me knowing how sounds are coming at people, but them yeah. having one headphone in working at a job and not, <laughs> not yeah. hearing that thing that I thought I put together. Yeah. But for me, it's great. It, even if the, the listener doesn't hear that or. I mean, that's a, that, that's funny that you say that. Cause I, I was just talking to a friend about this the other day, I think. And it just like, I learned recently or I keep learning every day that it's not what you say, how you say it, whatever it's just how it fucking lands in somebody yeah um like in their not only in their minds but in their bodies so like if you say hey you're bad at that (laughs) you you they could hear you saying they're bad and they don't deserve to be there or you could say hey look not yet but you have something here like i i give guitar lessons and i just remind them every single time like hey you're learning just like i did because I couldn't teach you if you didn't, you know? Like, yeah. you latched on to me for a reason because you learn, just like what we were saying, is like the music comes from the inside for these people. And so I have the task of reminding them that, hey, when it's blues, that means there's no rules. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, literally, like, it, in blues, you you get to the note by hitting the wrong note first. And if you approach life like that, Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> awesome. You make someone upset, and then they're just like, uh, that upset me. And then the worst <laughs> thing that could happen is you just say, I'm sorry and embarrassed. <laughs> Bobby is sorry, and Bobby is embarrassed, and Bobby is hungry. That's why Bobby said that. <laughs> you know, like, you poor soul. Oh, uh, th- this is really funny because my last guest I had on was actually a. Uh, a psychologist Mm. and we have gotten I think deeper into the psychological realm than we did on that last episode (laughs) oh there are if people hear this that know me they are gonna think that is the funniest thing because I man but that's the thing is like I try to incorporate that like with this side project that I've been working on I can't say anything about I don't feel comfortable necessarily saying anything about the roots of blues because I love it, right? Like Robert Johnson, Willie Brown, Sunhouse, like Tommy Johnson, no relation. But these guys were so incredible and said so many things about race and sexism and and stuff like that. But you could hear it in the wrong way. But if you understand the context – and so I just try to sing about literally my mania, you know, literally the things that I struggle with because that's the thing that I can connect it to. Right. I can't say I can say things about race, but I and I think I align with what is right on it, but that is not going to be my area of expertise simply cuz I don't I've never had to see through that lens. Yeah. And I want to learn more. I want to learn more every single day. So don't get me wrong, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. just you have to come to the thing the way that I don't know, you're supposed to, like or the <laughs> way that you have to, you know. Right. 
Yeah. I, I feel like um, I've been talking with people and listening to people lately, and I don't know if you remember uh, Jonathan Hoffman at all uh, from camp stuff back yeah. in the day. Well, uh, he, his nickname's Shorty. They did call he him go to? No, no. I, he, I, he lived here in this area and grew up in this area, and uh, he was with part of the Cub First group. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, he kind of, he I just put, knew another one that was from KCU. Okay. And I, I didn't, no, that's I, not the same. Yeah, it's there. not the same person. Uh, so. He was the guy that looked like Crow most of the time from the Crow. A hey, big hero of his, I think. Did you know that, that Crow died by a blank shot, like, as well, kind of. Just like, like what happened here yeah, recently? Yeah, like wow, with Alec Baldwin. I did Baldwin. not know that. Um, sorry. That, no, that's fine. That was just a little interruption, <laughs> but like, yeah, I just find that that is the dumbest thing that Hollywood <laughs> maybe does. And so... But no, uh, Shorty, he actually has a podcast as well, and I was just gotcha. I was just with him a, about a week or two ago and recorded some episodes. Uh, go check him out, the Inner Idiot Podcast. Check those guys out. But anyway, yeah, he... see the sticker right Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, him and his other co-hosts and stuff, I went to their, their studio and did some recording, and they were talking about depression and how they deal with it. And It wasn't like a discussion. It just came up casually. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like it does. Yeah. So when they were talking about it, and I've dealt with my own depression slightly, but nothing that was like looming in the background. It was things brought on by my own decisions. Sure. And, and so I did deal with it, but not in the way that other people do. So anyway, we were discussing it. They were saying it awkwardly to try to, like, make light of it because that was the way they handled it at the time. And I was just kind of chuckling. Like, yeah. I'm not laughing at your situation, but just how you're presenting it is funny. Like, in a yeah, way, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, No, I mean, that's I, – I think I do that all of the time. Yeah. Like, I, I only joke about the things that I'm very serious about, <laughs> which I just realized, like, kind of a week ago that I don't think my loved ones know that. <laughs> I think that's just a secret I've kept. Yeah, it's a it's a mechanism we use. I think I use a lot of the same. Uh, try to I try to put shock and awe into people so that they don't want to talk about it. Do you think you're in denial about it though? Because I'm not in denial. I I want people to know that I'm serious about it in the joke. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think I go about it the same way. But because they're hearing a joke, they think we're not being serious. Yeah. That, so yep. It, it's our mechanism to share that without having to get serious and cry. Because <laughs> if we're saying a joke, everyone's going to laugh. It's going to be a up, an uptick on the situation. This is hand. why comedians and people like us don't live for a very long time. <laughs> exactly, see? Uh, but, but through these discussions that we've had, and as you were saying these kinds of things, I started uh, realizing something that's died off in my life. And when I was younger, uh, my mom was a very charismatic Christian, and uh, uh, she she really gravitated towards uh, Pentecostal life and the uh, charismatic ways of the Pentecostal church and stuff like that. So I, I had like a feel for both sides of it, of the, you know, strict church kind of life and the let's let loose. And, Two uh, flavors. Yeah. So I was accustomed to that and I was okay with that. But I was a big part of following my emotion or conscience or however somebody wants to like. Impulse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The impulse thing. and. I've started noticing, because back in the day, I would follow that to the T. Mm -hmm. uh, if I had a weird gut feeling, I didn't do this thing. Or, oh, hey, we're all going to go to this place. And then I would have this weird gut feeling and be like, I paid money and stuff, but I'm not going. Oh, okay. Because yeah. things would generally end up going wrong or not as we planned. And I'd gotten so far away from that and jumped into, I don't know if you want to say like business life or business idea of life of... Yeah. Or this like is a scheduled for getter almost. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is scheduled for this day. That's how it's going to go. 
this is scheduled for this day. Right. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. As opposed to the, well, and I guess it comes down to the live by the seat of your pants lifestyle back in the day of, I didn't yeah. have a wife. I didn't have kids. Hey, Josh, you want to come up three hours away and hang out at this event? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just pack up and head out. And people are like, where did he go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sleeping on somebody's couch, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but now, now that things are getting settled down and we've got three kids later, the dog, the house, the, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm finding that again of uh, taking those subtle hints mm. instead of saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to be. This is how it's going to happen. Yeah. Allowing, I don't know if you want to say the universe, a higher power, God, yeah. whatever. I was going to say, do you hear other people giving you those hints? Because sometimes I do. Like people yeah. will say, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm, Huh. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> like, that's the thing. You're the first one to put the brakes on for a second. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily come from people saying it to me. Yeah. Because, and, and I don't know how much you feel this way either, but sure. like, I, and I don't say this to say that I'm in a higher realm than anybody else, yeah. but there's always this lingering thing in the back of my head that I view things from a different perspective that I just don't talk about. If I think yeah, that's a little confusing. No, but. no, no, yeah, I, no, yeah. Keep going. I think I get. I think I got you. Yeah. So, so looking at those aspects and trying to move on that gut instinct, I guess more or whatever you want to call it. I'm calling it gut instinct for now because it comes from my inside. It comes from deep down inside me to make those choices. I think it's when impulse just turns into pulse. Yeah. It's just. It's just. Pure, unadulterated Josh, <laughs> you know? And I think that's important because literally the way that sometimes I have to fall asleep, I have bipolar and that can spin out. And I, it's fairly new diagnosis. So it's like I'm still kind of testing the waters and I'm just the person that tests the waters. I just am. And yeah, I um, literally to fall asleep because it can spin out and when it spins out or ramps up or whatever, it's... It, it can become insomnia or ADHD or um, OCD or, you know, um, and I just need the right drugs, you know. It's like, <laughs> but the very cool thing that I've noticed is that meditation is absolutely just real. And yeah. it, and it, you can't escape it because it, it happens. The mechanism is lungs and, and it's organic and it's inside you. So it's like the breath. And just to try to throw it back to you and what you're saying, I think, is like, I practice this thing at night because I'm literally sometimes terrified to go to whatever my dreams are doing because when I'm at my worst, my dreams sometimes bleed over into um, the waking world. And so I – and that's not scary. It's just what your brain projects sometimes (laughs) because it's trying to tell you, got to go to sleep, buddy. (laughs) But what I do is I breathe in, and sometimes at my best it's just a breath, but at my worst I breathe in my pain and the people that I saw that day, their pain – and sometimes the atrophy of the entire universe. Oh, jeez. But then I breathe out, and that's a release. Yeah. And I'm doing it right now, and I, I know I seem calm, but I have I have a medicine to help me out with that, and I have people in my life, and right now I'm, I'm talking to a, a wonderfully bearded man, <laughs> and I see the big Lebowski behind him, and, and I can only, yeah, like you said, I can only, before we rolled, like, I can't imagine putting that together. But, <laughs> it was a rough puzzle. And then the chaos comes back, but then I breathe out, and, and honestly, it, that doesn't happen a lot anymore, so that's great. Yeah. But at my worst, I know that I have the mechanism within me 
the pulse within me maybe to say no to an impulse or say yes. Yeah. Like I could drink a beer right now and I know that would be my last one. And a year ago that yeah. would not have been the case. Right. Um, does that at all connect to what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Cool. <laughs> and I've noticed if you talk very slowly, this magical thing happens where someone finishes your sentences. <laughs> and I have no idea what that magic is all about. I think it has something to do with anticipation, but right. I don't know. I don't know. I do that a ton. I don't mean to, and oh. I think it's mostly annoying for me. I think it's love. Like I, I <laughs> like there my son especially, my five year old or four year old going on five. He'll be telling a story and I'm just like, Man, I gotta finish this for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well he interrupted me a couple times. Let's get him down here. Jeez. <laughs> he's, he's a podcaster from way back, man. <laughs> galaxy far far away <laughs> well and that's that's delving into a lot of different things there i guess we're diving into a lot of stuff um tell us tell us a little bit i don't know let's see what do we want to jump into um, well we can talk about band stuff a little bit i can tell you about mm, songwriting process or just my <laughs> own thing or yeah, whatever. Let's talk about let's talk about your own thing. Yeah, uh, well, I was born in. Uh, I probably should have said this minute, you know, hours ago. <laughs> what it feels like now, but I. Uh, it's great. I, I uh, grew up. I'm a son of Chicago. I grew up in the kind of west suburbs, and which you may have not known, um, but my family grew up there until I was about 16, and then I moved to Maysville, Kentucky. And <laughs> and here's the thing about moving from somewhere like an epicenter to Maysville, Kentucky is like, it's great, right? And my mom had, you know, has family there and in Flemingsburg and stuff like that. Yeah. And I connected, really, if you can imagine, I connected with people pretty quickly because um, <clears throat> that's just kind of who I am. But right. I, uh, I also looked pretty good. I, I didn't have a mustache, so I kind of just <laughs> didn't look strung out and tired all the time. I just was very excited about life, and I got involved with the youth group. But <laughs> it's very weird to go from a place where you know you can walk or drive anywhere because I had just gotten my license, and my friends were there in Chicago and or Chicago area. It was actually a little town called Yorkville. Okay. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah, so, like, just a place where – Things would be open past nine o'clock, you know, and then like <laughs> Maysville, Kentucky was just an eye opening thing where and actually the cool thing about it is it was more diverse in um, Maysville because basketball is such a big thing. And yeah, and also it's not just, you know, a public school, but it's a county school. And yeah. I, I wasn't used to county schools in Kentucky. And that's right. kind of uh, is that how they still do things like in this area, too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kenton County. Uh, I know back in my old town of Inez and stuff, it's Martin County High School now. You know, that's that's just kind of how things role but and that's kentucky though because there's more counties than any state in the union <laughs> like there's a ton of counties yeah based out of it so well and yeah because i i assume it has something to do with the fact that we're not even really a, a state. state yeah I think they <laughs> i think they were very clear no kentucky is <laughs> something else <laughs> right yeah it, it it plays out a little funny that that was the thing they used to laugh at in college when uh, people would tell where they were from they would always say chicago or you know minneapolis or and i would say i'm from martin county kentucky and they're like why are you telling us the county nobody yeah right right no <laughs> we're that's, proud of that we are and like that that is a cool thing i got to meet so many you know and i i stuck to my click but i did notice this and this i guess would be cool maybe you understand this like i had my <laughs> In Chicago, I had my friends that were my friends from school, 
And then I had my friends from church, and never the two shall meet because there's a secular Bobby, <laughs> and there's a church Bobby for sure. Like there, you know. And I didn't. I was a pretty good boy. I wanted to be a good boy. I took a lot of pride in really chasing after. Like faith was always, and maybe still is, very important to me. Yeah. Just in the sense, oh, we got. Yeah. I wanted to know if you were, like, pushing the dog bark button. <laughs> no, that's Daphne. She likes to let us know when someone's here. <laughs> I, I know Daph. Um, no, but, yeah, where was I? I think just, like, oh, yeah, secular Bobby. and There you go. I think faith was always, like, still maybe is a very important thing. Maybe you want to dive into that. I, I love talking about those things. Yeah. I went to school to be a pastor, and literally threw myself into, you know, the languages and didn't do well because I never did well in school. That's kind of a thing where, like, we were talking about earlier, maybe off um, the air, but we were saying things like, you know, people learn from outside things, uh, like on paper or, you know, equations or something like that, and I don't. But what I've woken up to recently is that I have so much potential or maybe I'm just potential itself <laughs> and I can be good or I can be bad. And I understand scientific things. I don't, I can't do them, but like, yeah. I, I understand that. Like, here's an interesting fact, photons and electrons and at a molecular level, they're always pushing against each other. So you might touch this table and tell yourself you're touching it. You're not the photons and electrons and neutrons and all that stuff. The more you press into it, the harder that the opposites pull away from each other. And so mm. the further it is away from you. So if you're grasping a bottle, say, like of whiskey, <laughs> you might find that it slips out of your hand if someone spooks you. <laughs> and that person is just your wife that's trying to tell you that she loves you. And um, But if you have a light grip on something, and, and you, it might even seem lighter or softer in your hands, like, yeah. There's literally a balance and equation to everything. And someone should have told me when I was a kid <laughs> that I am a genius, <laughs> but they didn't. And and, and yeah. I think that's maybe just like I always felt insubordinate or not insubordinate. That's the wrong word, but unintelligent when I was a kid. And uh-huh. I, I never had the confidence because I couldn't I was put in lower learning level classes and literally from the first from um, the first time that I said the word weird, it sounded like willed. And okay. people were people were like, weird? And I was like, willed. And then they started laughing and I was like, oh, I'm a jokester. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna play jokes. This and, is my thing. And that's what it was, man. But then, you know, I went to speech therapy and as soon and I was a quick learner and then a quick teacher, because they would say, Oh, you're the little helper, and I'm like, Okay. Yeah. But it's just weird how um, it's just very strange how people talk to children and like, yeah. cause in my mind now, when I reflect on it, I almost felt like I couldn't speak or I didn't have a voice. Yeah. So music was, and I guess now I'm hopping over to music, but <laughs> like music for me was always a way that I could communicate whatever I wanted to in whatever way I wanted to, like I could literally make the sentence or the phrase longer or shorter or raise it up or lower. And yeah, it was just a way to set myself free. And then music became such a big thing and a career. And now I'm just trying to get back to my roots and remind myself that it's not just, you know, I love mother folk. I'm so thankful for 
what we get to do. Like yeah. we are doing so many exciting things right now, but at the end of the day, the important thing is me communicating with others and being in relation because everything in the universe exists in relation with each other, man. Like, yeah. um, we wouldn't have ourselves if, you know, your dog Daphne didn't, if she didn't look me in the eyes, sometimes I'd be like, am I really here? You know, like, <laughs> but I can trust that, like looking into your eyes that I'm here because we trust that we're here. Yeah. Like we trust that maybe it's all built on trust and faith, you know, like, Could I don't be. know. So, yeah. yeah, I feel a lot of those same vibes. I, I was always the, the dumb kid. Uh, and it was just because I didn't want to learn. Right. Uh, you know, or I, learn that specific way. Right. Yeah. I, I showed myself in college later that I could do it because I felt called by God. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel called to be a pastor, uh, but I felt called to go to Bible college, yeah. uh, Kentucky mountain Bible college, which yeah. sometimes gets confused. I'm like way different than Kentucky Christian. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think they're both still built into hills or mountains, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I, I felt that same pool and I, I proved that I could do it. Once I felt that call, I had a purpose, I had a reason. Isn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. And then, of like, course. You mean the schooling got easy. Yeah. 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 Well, I, w- I guess I wouldn't say easy, but I, I proved that I could do you it. You could do it. Yeah. So I started doing those things, but then I let, you know, the the almighty woman uh, come into my life. Ah, yes. <laughs> or women in general. And <laughs> I started just making different decisions as opposed to the path I had chose and the path that I was like, I'm supposed to do this. And I got kicked out of Bible college and. And then I chose a whole other path of, I worked in churches and I worked as a youth pastor and, and done a whole bunch of different things. And probably about the time you guys were doing your band thing is when I moved up here to Northern Kentucky and everything was totally flipped upside down. I was in a rut and a friend was like, I can get you a job. And then I ended up taking a different job with the same company in Dayton, Ohio, as opposed to Lexington, Kentucky. So I moved up on a whim. Oh, wow. And, do you and, know, do you like Bill's Donuts? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I you, mean, we did got you ever have Voltsies? No. He he just passed away this year during oh, COVID. Uh, Was it COVID related or hopefully not? He, he had a lot of complications. Sure. So yeah, but but awesome root beer stand. It's still up there in oh, Dayton anyway. Cool. But sorry. No, <laughs> you're good, man. On that. No, no. I I took us off. <laughs> I I just hear Dayton, and the one thing that I have is like, Bells, yeah. You know. Oh, you need to check out Voltsies. Or is root that beer Columbus? Stand. Is that that might be Columbus. I think it is. I have had it. People are screaming at their <laughs> tape. No, the f- the whatever fi- they listen to podcasts on stereo. The f- five, fives of tens of listeners are like, I'm so pissed off right now. Um, <laughs> oh, is that how I'm, uh, I'm gone? No, <laughs> Dang. I'm <just> <laughs> No, you got me in here for that. Um, <laughs> but no, I feel a lot of what you're saying. And and just having that charisma to get out there and, and be, or, or like we were talking earlier, I guess, and I made this joke with somebody else of, there was a thing that I had that the other kids didn't have. Of someone would tell a joke, and it would just no one would laugh. Everybody was like, "That was the worst joke." I said, "Here, let me do it for you." And yeah. I would get up and tell that same joke exactly like they did, yeah. add a little pizzazz, and people were just rolling. You realize that's called punching up the joke, right? Yeah, like that's literally <laughs> the industry term. So <laughs> yeah, and and that was the thing coming from a small town. So I grew up in my small town all my life. What what was the small town? Inez, Kentucky. Okay, is that near Ashland and stuff? Or it's is that about forty five minutes away from Ashland. Cool. So it's it's almost as far east as you can go. Pike County is the furthest eastern part. Gotcha. And Martin was a little bit above. My that. wife's from West Virginia, so okay. Um, yeah, Ker- yeah, Kermit and Fort Gay, West Virginia, were the ones that were close by. Gotcha. Yeah. I I think I think her town is a little town called West Union. 
Okay. It's literally on like the most west side, so it's very it's like four hours away from here probably or yeah. something like that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, mine's about three and a half hours away from here, my town. So nice. Probably close to each other. Um but yeah, like it, it was so uh, I don't I don't know what that even was, but like it was so w- warming in my heart, I guess, to be that center of attention. And kinda like you were talking about that just kind of thriving for that attention in a way. And that for me became my thing. So when I became like a youth guy or whatever, that was just my thing is like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be the center of attention for a while. And, and like you said though, as a kid, I even went to a special school for like a month where they taught me how they thought I was dyslexic. They thought I was, (laughs) they thought all these things. So I went to these special classes to learn all over again. I love when you're a kid too. And (laughs) they're just like telling you that and you're like, okay. Well, and that's when ADD became a thing or, yeah, ADD then, sure, ADHD sure. now, but they were like, yeah, we're going to put him on Ridlin, and I'm like, fifth grade, something like yeah, fourth, fifth grade, yeah. and I'm just like, okay, whatever, and I they start know. giving it to me, and then part of the way through, I'm just like, I don't think this does anything. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to take this anymore. Like, I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel good. I didn't see an improvement. I was like, I don't, yeah, I'm I'm not a guinea pig. I don't it's want funny. this. funny. I, I always, like... I understand that. Like, I there was this one doctor that had the idea that I breathe too shallow or I don't have enough breath. And okay, when I was a kid, and and she literally made me breathe into what was like almost a breathalyzer, but no alcohol. So it's like you just push a meter, okay, take a deep breath, and but sorry, I just realized I'm yelling. But oh, um, no, you're good. I uh, I balance. Yeah, out. let me know if I ever peak or whatever. <laughs> you're I, fine. I, I get a little excited, but I um. <laughs> Yeah, it was just strange. I realized, like, going through that experience, I was like, wait, I don't know how to breathe right? Like, <laughs> like I think that went through my head, or at least it goes through my head now. It's like, and then, because I think I just always have had a little bit more of, like, uh, an excitement to me. And yeah. so it's like, and sometimes my friends, like, say, like, you literally think and play with dogs, like, the way that dogs are. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. That makes sense. Like, because, like, I guess with dog training, the whole thing is, like, intensity. So, like, you have to match their intensity, not by being as chaotic as them, but being snappy, being, you know, literally snapping. Or sometimes with my dog, I'm not being mad, but I'm saying, hey, sit down. Yeah. You know? So it's being quick. And I think that always got its way into my breath. I didn't learn how to use my diaphragm until I was 16 years old. So, it's it's a good way to breathe, but it's also the way that you're supposed to sing is it coming from not up here, yeah, but, but down here, and um, that set me free. And the funny thing about the doctor is, like, we went to a new doctor to get a second opinion, and they're like, they made you do what? <laughs> like, <laughs> breathe into what? And she's like, no, we don't use that here. I remember that specifically. I was like is this whole thing bullshit? <laughs> like, what What are you doing with me? They're like, did that other doctor have a ponytail? Cause <laughs> yeah, uh, they, did they rub any kind of sort of oil on you? What, where did they rub the oil? No. What type of roots did they tell you to chew on? <laughs> <laughs> what incense did they light? Oh, no. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like we we were along along the same path that way. You, but you in turn became successful music career, <laughs> and I married a doctor. You hey, know, it was yeah, like you got to do one or the other. One or the at, other. At some point, you either become the artist or you sell it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she wanted kids, and I said, "I can do that." Yay! <laughs> That's the one thing I do. <laughs> I'm good at that. My mom said I have a special purpose. <laughs> now they are some cute kids, though. I'll give them that. Not bad. <laughs> They're not the... No. <laughs> They're great, man. They'll never hear this. It's okay. <laughs> you can be honest. They don't like this podcast. <laughs> they subscribe to Joe Rogan. They don't... <laughs> yeah. They're on the big the big Joe train. Yeah, man. Um, but, yeah. Are we, go- are we doing good on time? Yeah. Stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah man, We're I- doing great. Awesome. Um, it's uh, we actually got so much crammed into small amounts of time. Like we're just on forty five minutes. I'm like, wow, that was. When I'm on fire, man, I sometimes. <laughs> uh, my wife has said, kind of like, I'm not in hell, but sometimes I am hell itself, <laughs> and I'm like, thanks, hun. I'll go to bed now. Um, let's not talk for a while. Right. <laughs> but uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this is interesting. It's good to get to know you on a deeper level. It's like inside the studio kind of thing, you know? You know I just <laughs> remembered we weren't talking about, or we weren't, like, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I just remembered, like, we're not really friends yet. No. <laughs> but we are yeah. kind of now. Like, I hope that you know that yeah. I'll probably do whatever you want me to do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's how, I think that's how most people feel when they get into the studio. Uh, I have that oh, that's charm. A good point. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, that is a great point. Like, I think... I mean, maybe there's an intersection there, too. I love, I think a good facilitator of a podcast has the same set of skills as a good producer of music. We've gotten to work with people that have worked with bigger names than us. Like, we worked at the studio at the Lumineers and, like, Vance Joy did. And yeah. and honestly, I felt like I got to sit in the same rooms as them and, like, almost try to channel that. And uh, honestly... Not the best producer, though. <laughs> like, I, he had an awesome studio, but I just remember being so, like, he just didn't seem like he was in the room. But yeah. the best producers I've worked with are people that are, like, um, they were always so ready to become a band member and hop in there with you. And I feel like when you're facilitating a conversation in this kind of context, yeah. that's literally what you're doing. You're getting in as... Um, a conversationalist maybe and like but in my mind it's another band member coming in and saying yeah this keys part needs to be at a higher frequency so that we fill that space up here because we have the low and the mid kind of figured out and yeah so when I hear people and what you're doing in psychology is just mirroring me yeah um which is the most important thing. <laughs> and like, I just want to yell from the rooftops that that's why therapy works. It's right. not because the people that we're sitting across from are brilliant because they're not, yeah. but they're pretty good. <laughs> and, and all the things that we were talking about, I think this is my way of being a psychologist in a way. That was something interesting. That I, I always, that's a scary power. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to be a psychologist, really, but I wasn't, well, like I always said, I never put in the work. Yeah, so yeah. every time I try to get into something, I could be good at some parts of it. Same. But yeah. I didn't want to put in all that hard work or the studies. My God, we must have the same mother. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's a Karen, by the way. I don't know if you have a Karen. Uh, <laughs> she can be some days at her work. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, there. I think this is something that's become that outlet for me. And being a youth leader and stuff like that back in the day, that was really important to... Now, were you on staff as... 
I was never or a staffer. Just a sponsor lead like I was always a volunteer. Volunteer because yeah. there was never one to fill the spot. Yeah. Oh and no, we got that feeling from you. No, <laughs> no, no. I just I, I get that a lot. I had such limited knowledge of you, man. I wish yeah. I had kind of known you better. I I kind of had two ways that I looked at youth pastors back then and it was so regimented and and not the greatest but I I saw people either as leaders or teachers or just people that wanted to be like youth group kids again and I could never find a gray area so I don't know if you found yourself in one of those camps but if you were in the gray area at all I would have been like who's this guy (laughs) yeah like that's I don't know to me that just speaks to my immaturity because I'm old now and I want to be cool. I want, <laughs> I'm wearing this hat. Like I'm wearing these blue light glasses. I know that this is not visual stuff that the listeners can really come in on, but yeah. Uh, you're, you're painting a picture. It works. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That was my thing, I guess, was just trying to relate. Um, I never was a cool kid or I never was, I, I was always pretty much a loser uh, as a teenager. So as I got into that youth stuff, there was this whole new realm of I wanted to be the center of attention, yeah. but just so that I could help other people get to each other. Because, mm-hmm. like, um, the, I mean, I always hated going to camp or a situation like that and any kid to go off by themselves and just sit down and, like, watch other kids do stuff and be like, yeah, and just kind of yeah. hump. So I that was my goal in life was to break those barriers. Oh, man. See, <laughs> and that's great because I, I can't imagine even because I'm the guy that has to be on the stage, like, yeah. even today. And I, I really do believe that the reason I got involved, like I, we were saying maybe earlier, is just, like, they gave me a stage. Like, church was the first place to do it, and there were pretty girls, and <laughs> I was allowed to sing and dance. And the only reason that someone taught me to play guitar is because they said I looked awkward holding the microphone <laughs> like up on stage like a rock star like I did and and now I just want to hold the microphone again and stop playing guitar you know so sometimes oh man yeah but no that's I think that's like to my point I think that's a great service like finding and if, maybe if the church would just take that as a you know a cue is yeah. like this I, I don't know how involved you are i know you mentioned you went to a church which is i think very cool but i have not brought myself yet to come back necessarily to the fold and of like christianity and not because i i don't necessarily not consider myself to be a christian but i definitely would say like i can't identify as that but i can say i do find myself still intersecting with the Christ or Jesus himself or just finding his teachings to be the most challenging. And and maybe that's just my metaphor, right? We all have symbolic things and we have to place them in symbols because if we start believing in literal objective gods and demons, this becomes a very dangerous world. I don't know if you knew (laughs) that, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's just a... I, I really, uh, I'm encouraged by that model that you just kind of brought out. So, yeah, yeah. I've I've had my times away from it for sure, and yeah, and I've had my times of uh, delving deeper into it. But and, and now I think having the kids is more of a. I do want that uh, knowledge in their head at least. Not to, how do you find that by the way? Because like that's that's a confusing thing because you want them to have some of the structure maybe of. Yeah. Christianity, but there is a lot of things I disagree with in like children's church or whatever they call it at whatever church they go to. Yeah. Um, 
is when they're trying to teach these kids these things at like three and four and five years old, I would actually, I actually used to volunteer and stuff and I, they would give me a lesson plan and I would be like, do I just do what they're telling me to do or do I say what I think? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it gets a little dicey when we start talking about Noah or like what well, magic stuff just you know oh they killed all these people and then blah 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 and I'm like they're not and ready God for commanded this. it <laughs> yeah. yeah go God, to sleep honey go, God, good night God told this guy to kill his son for him yeah. and then he said I'm just kidding <laughs> and then in the New Testament he's literally endeared and praised for it yeah that, that used to be my funnest thing to do not for little kids but teenagers is to share the stories that no one knows about of like the the one that God chose to drive a tent stake through a ruler's head, like she snuck in his tent and killed him by jamming a tent stake through his temple. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah that's in there for some reason, too. <laughs> I love those stories, to always share those, so that was my... There's okay. a lovely thing about those stories, though, and I think maybe that's the reason, maybe you brought it up, but we can shift by the way anytime you want to. I yeah. just, I love the fact that it there's such a human element to all of this is yeah. that we think it dropped out of the sky maybe but incarnation and maybe the first incarnation if the catholics are right <laughs> is literally the word of god the breath the ruach of god or whatever is yeah. like this idea that in our breath and in our spirit um and in the wind you know there is this beautiful incarnation of god and then that all of us are special and unique in that um that's what I can latch onto. And so when the Bible reminds me that, yeah, there are bad, hairy parts, but then there seems to be a trajectory or a progression going up. And then hopefully I can just follow. And what did Jesus, Jesus kind of without preaching, Jesus said something along the lines of there would be greater things done. And uh, am I that greater thing? Hopefully. And each day I can try to be, yeah, but probably fail. <laughs> Speaking that, of, do you could I have a water or uh, a cold beverage? Yeah, sure enough, because actually, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and call this the show for this, and we'll close it out, and then we'll uh, come back, and I'll I'll probably tag it in on the end of the show. So after you hear the ending music, don't go away. Uh, we're going to have a little treat for you, and uh, have a little bit of instrumental and uh, some stuff right out of the paver's mouth. So <laughs> thanks again for being on the show, man. Yeah, uh, like man. I said, we're going to throw some thanks stuff in there. Me. Yeah, I'd love to have you back again sometime if it works out. If you listen to it later and say, oh, my God, what did this guy do? I understand, you know. <laughs> but other than that, uh, be sure to check out Bobby Paver on, or uh, you want to pitch some social medias or yeah, anything? Yeah, no, I mean, mainly the the thing that I do on social media is just, um, I just follow around a band called Motherfolk that I'm in, where I'm Motherfolk, I think music is the Instagram handle, yeah. you know, Facebook, and, you know, please listen on Spotify or YouTube or Apple Music or whatever you do, and yeah, hopefully we'll be in a town near you at some point. Yeah, check yeah. them out, guys. All right, uh, I guess other than that, we'll chat at you next time. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
right, this song's called Come in My Kitchen by Robert Johnson. You might get sued by the foundation, I don't know. Better come on in my kitchen. There's bound to be rain in our door. Said the woman I love took for my best friend. That joker got lucky, stole her back again. You better come on in my kitchen. Oh, there's bound to be rain in our dough. You better come home in my kitchen. There's bound to be rain in our dough. See, I know she's gone. No, she won't come back. I took the last nickel out of her nation's sack. You better come on in my kitchen. There's bound to be rain in our Come on in my kitchen. There's bound to be raining at the